This is Here Arizona, addressing issues, empowering our community. I'm Kathy Ritchie. I spent 10 years helping care for my mother after she was diagnosed with dementia. And as a reporter, I'm taking a deep dive into the ups and downs of growing old. This is Here Arizona's Aging Podcast. A while back, I was out reporting on a story for KJZZ, and I ended up at a picnic at Saguaro Ranch Park in Glendale, Arizona. It was a warm spring day, the smell of grilling burgers was in the air, and kids were getting their faces painted. There were craft tables and field games. It was a kind of fun afternoon any family with young kids would love. I'm going to have you guys lined up so you can go start getting your plates together. But there was something special about each of the families participating. The picnic was especially for grand families, families in which grandparents are raising their grandkids. He was born addicted to heroin and was in the hospital for about 17 days. So he's been at my house since he was born, and um, so now I'm his legal guardian. Patricia Taylor is one of those grandparents I met at the picnic. She's in her late 60s, and she was there with her toddler grandson. It's, it has gotten easier. It's gotten a lot easier. And certainly this group helped save my sanity because, um, you know, at, at first I thought I was all alone. <laughs> and then I found out what a misconception that was. She's right. It may feel like an unusual situation to have grandparents in the role of parents, but there are tens of thousands of these families in Arizona. Data from the Annie E. Casey Foundation shows 5% of Arizona kids are being raised by their grandparents. The grandparents are in this position mainly because of substance abuse, incarceration, and mental illness. Patricia Dominguez is the director of Kinship Care Services with Duet, the Arizona nonprofit that hosts the annual Grand Families Picnic. So in Arizona, more than 100,000 children are being raised by their grandparents? That is correct. And nationwide, we'd have more than 5 million. Is it fair to say that that number has been going up steadily over the last few years? Uh, unfortunately, that is the case. Um, yes. As opioids rock the lives of so many Americans and the cost of living continues to rise, there are more and more parents in our country unable to take care of their kids. And more grandmothers and grandfathers are stepping into the role of second-time parent. In addition to grand family picnics, Duet offers support groups, legal guidance, and educational workshops to Arizona grand families. Because raising a kid is hard, but raising a kid in your retirement years can be even harder. I work with so many families. You've got maybe defiant behavior, separation anxiety, which kind of stems from, you know, that depression. You know, they no longer have mom and dad in the picture and can't understand what's going on. And, you know, it's not a good feeling for grandparents. It's not a good feeling for the kids. And so we definitely want to help them along the way. And we have the support groups. Many of the grandparents come out. They share their joys. They share their challenges. When grandparents become guardians of a grandchild, they might think, how will I afford to take care of a kid on a fixed income? Or I have health problems. How will I keep up with an energetic toddler? Or what if I don't live long enough to raise this child to adulthood? 
those are scary questions, often without easy answers. Grandparents raising grandkids full-time have been shown to struggle with mental health issues at high rates. And the Children's Action Alliance reports one in four Arizona kids and grandfamilies lives in poverty. On top of that, grandfamilies have to navigate a society that's just not set up for them. I felt embarrassed when I was little because I didn't have a mom or a dad to take me to my dances, my parents to conferences. So it's really just them, really my life. And I felt embarrassed because like all of the kids are like, oh, you have your grandparents, how about your mom and your dad? And it's like, we, when you're little, you really don't know what happened because they, they, your grandparents took it at a young age. DeJanera Nichols was at the grandfamily's picnic with her grandmother, Victoria Gray. You know, you find yourself at PTA meetings and you're 40, 50 years old and everybody else is in their 20s and you're like, I'm here for PTA. And the children had different things like kids were teasing them like, why is your grandmother here all the time? Where's your mother? And it's really hard to understand why they took you. It's not, it's like, it's not really, they don't, they don't explain it to you when you're younger, but when you get older, you understand why. Dejanera's grandmother, Victoria, has actually raised nine of her grandkids with her husband. They took in grandkids for the first time back in the early 90s. So Victoria has a lot of experience, and it's clear she's a great role model. But that doesn't mean raising grandkids has been easy for her. It was really hard. In the beginning, my husband and I dipped into our savings. We turned into a family of nine overnight, so we tapped into the 401 to buy a van so we could all travel together in one vehicle instead of two vehicles. So it, it becomes very expensive. This is the last of the nine, but the babies are 14. We still got four more years to go before they're 18. By that time, my husband will be 85. So we're just like, okay, here we go. So maybe you're thinking to yourself, haven't grandparents always been involved in raising grandchildren, like forever? And of course, you'd be right. If you look back at 1900, you've got grandparents who were living with their family members, 47% um, of the population. That was a lot. And it actually decreased. Denise Bodeman is with the T. Denny Sanford School of Social and Family Dynamics at Arizona State University. She says it's not that family structures have changed all that much throughout history, but society has changed. Perhaps what is new is that we went through this period of sort of great wealth and a strong economy. And when the Great Recession came, in addition to drugs hitting the scene at a much higher rate, we saw an uptick in people are concerned, which they should be, because we should be concerned with every child who's out there that isn't able to meet their potential as a result of difficulties that's happening to their parents and their grandparents. I do believe these grandparents need extra help and guidance and support from the community, from the government, from other family members, we need to recognize that this is not an easy or expected outcome for them. Cece Vance Wilson is an Arizona grandmother who understands these difficulties firsthand. It's always been about what's best for him. 
Cece has 13 grandkids, but one of them, Titus, knows her not as grandma, but as mommy. I explained to him, you have two mommies and you have two daddies. I keep his mother's picture on the refrigerator. She still has not um, been able to to beat her addiction, but... um, Yeah, hopefully that will happen one day. A few years back, Cece's life was in total chaos. She was 52. She was going through a divorce. She was moving from California to Arizona to take care of her mother, who had dementia. And she was changing careers. And then she got a phone call she wasn't expecting from the youngest of her three adult sons. And he said, Mom, I need your help. You need to talk to my girlfriend. Um, She's pregnant. And I was horrified because I knew that she also had a drug addiction. Her son had been struggling with addiction, too, and his girlfriend ended up incarcerated while pregnant. I was angry. I was hurt. Um, I know my son. I raised him. I, I mean, one of the things that we go through as parents with children that are addicted to drugs is first that you feel like there's such a loss, you know, and then you... I me trying to separate myself from him because I needed to do that to be healthy for myself. And then you're dealing with the loss of of that relationship, and then you're gaining a baby, and then I hurt for my grandson. He wasn't born yet, but I hurt for him because of the parents that I felt that he was going to, who might be raising him if they don't get their, you know, if they don't get their life together. Not long after getting that phone call from her son, Cece drove to Kansas, where her newborn grandson's future was going to be decided by a judge. Within 24 hours of arriving, she was in the process of adopting the baby boy. In in my mind, I'm going, oh my God, what am I going to do with a baby? But um, I said, okay, I just knew I needed to get him to safety and get him out of the system. This was a few years ago, and thinking back, Cece says she really wishes she could have had more help. She had her baby grandson. She had a safe place to take him home to. She had the legal paperwork to make everything official. But she needed diapers, a crib, and most of all, emotional support. A few years after Titus came into her life, Cece decided she wanted to provide that kind of immediate help to other families in tough situations. She started a small organization called Second Time Parenting. She hosts donation drives to collect baby wipes or backpacks for grandfamilies. She also works to connect grandfamilies with resources so they can see that they're not alone. You have to know that it's not going to stay this way and that there is support. And that that is why we do come together. But I also tell them they have to connect with the group. They have to get counseling. They need to get support. They need to get help. Cece had court-ordered rights to her grandson from the time he was an infant. But for many grandfamilies, guardianship of the child might fall into a legal gray area. And for grandparents who are already concerned about aging, money, emotional traumas, those legal issues can feel like salt in the wound. And I fell under the category of informal guardianship, which basically means that I myself took the initiative and grabbed the bull by the horns and went forward with the idea to take custody and guardianship of, of these uh, two grandsons. With that, I uh, was penalized. Joseph Yanez is in his 60s, and he's been raising his two teenage grandsons since the boys were just five and six years old. He saw that his daughter wasn't going to be able to care responsibly for her sons. Substance abuse, being unable to be employed, 
her and her husband living that lifestyle, whatever they call that lifestyle. And I think that got the best of both of them is really the lifestyle. And he says it was painful to watch his daughter in this situation. A lot of, a lot of ang- uh, anger, frustration, uh, the lack of, of her taking responsibility for her actions as, uh, as a parent herself. It was very, very distasteful. So Joseph and his wife brought their grandsons in to live with them. But raising two young boys was not something they had financially prepared for. I was exhausting my 401ks, uh, my, my savings, and then um, and I returned back to the world of work. Joseph and his wife took in their grandkids before the Department of Child Safety, or DCS, was ever involved. They wanted them to stay in the family and didn't want them going through the foster care system. But that means the state doesn't officially recognize their situation. Uh, with that, um, they do not receive any type of assistance through income or through food stamps. Joseph and other grand families want to see that changed in Arizona. He's involved with a grassroots group called Arizona Grandparent Ambassadors. It's working to get grand families more assistance from the state. We know that children who stay with their family have better outcomes in life. That placement is going to be more stable for them. Tori Roberg is a political consultant who works with Arizona Grandparent Ambassadors. So we're looking at ways that we can improve financial assistance and supports to kinship families within DCS, as well as to these families outside of DCS. A group of Tucson grandmothers started organizing the group about 10 years ago. They kindly call themselves now badass grandmas, or bags. As more and more Arizona families become grand families, the group has grown to include hundreds of members statewide. Because what we see is, is a real inequity between how these families are treated, between a kinship family who is unlicensed and a licensed community foster home. There's a huge discrepancy in, in funding for these families. Some lower income grand families or kinship caregivers in Arizona are eligible for a $75 a month stipend from the state to help cover expenses. But a licensed Arizona foster family might get more than $600 a month. And in meanwhile, we have grandparents who 42% of them are living on fixed incomes. You know, only 58% are, are working or looking for work. So we're talking about older Americans who are living on their fixed incomes, and now they're taking care of their grandchildren. They don't want to let those grandkids get caught up in the system. We need to provide them with as many supports as possible to keep that family stable for the, the, the better outcomes for the children. Over the last several years, Arizona grandparent ambassadors have been speaking out at the state capitol to try and get more government support for the thousands of grand families in the state. I'd like to call the Senate Committee on Health and Human Good morning, Services Madam Chair and members of the committee. Um, I am a grandmother. Um, as someone that, that was a fictive kinship caregiver, um, as someone that cares about kids, I'd like to thank you so much for sponsoring this bill and hearing this bill. I understand that as a caregiver, a family member, we can't say no. I, I'd I like help. to advocate These for anything you can do to support kinship to families. Many like myself no only grandmother ask as a last resort. To take in well, your grandchild. No aunt or uncle is going to refuse. Uh, for the Arizona families that have opened their doors to take in and provide a home for a child relative, financial assistance is their number one necessity. Thank you very much for your testimony.
this year, Arizona grandparent ambassadors supported a bill in the state Senate to increase monthly stipends for grandfamilies. The bill didn't make it beyond the committee stage, so it won't become law yet. Still, grandfamilies are continuing to advocate for recognition because raising a grandchild is an act of love. But no matter how much they treasure their grandchildren, grandparent caregivers face huge obstacles from the traumas of addiction or incarceration in the family to worries about keeping up with a child when their own health might be in decline. Back at the grandfamily's picnic, Patricia Taylor says these are things she thinks about a lot. We, we all of us in this group worry about surviving long enough to be able to raise them. You know, that's our, all of our biggest fears. So, yeah. But Patricia says she also sees just how important her role as a grandparent caregiver is. I'm providing quite the structure for him, whereas when I raised my daughter, Dr. Spock had a book that said, you know, don't hurt their feelings, and, and I didn't provide a lot of structure for my daughter. And, I think that's part of the reason she ended up like she did. I'm just going to raise him with a lot of structure and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not throwing it, throwing this one to the wolves. It's harder physically, um, it's, it's less hard mentally, I think, because I, I know more about children and I've learned from my mistakes. S seeing his personality emerge and um, just having fun with him is my greatest joy. A second chance at parenting with the benefits of age and life experience, that's an amazing thing. And Patricia and Joseph and Cece and many other grandparent caregivers say, in spite of the challenges, they wouldn't have it any other way. You just listened to the Aging Podcast from Here, Arizona. That's H-E-A-R, Arizona. This podcast is made possible by support from the Nina Mason Pulliam Charitable Trust. Here, Arizona podcasts are all about empowering our community, so we hope you'll join in the conversation. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. In this episode, you heard from Duet, Second Time Parenting, and Arizona Grandparent Ambassadors. For more information about these organizations and other Arizona nonprofits working to support grandfamilies and kinship caregivers, head over to our resource page at hearearizona.org. Here, Arizona is a production of the Division of Public Service at Rio Salado College, which includes SunSounds, Spot 127, Soundbite, KBOC, and KJZZ. Catherine Davis-Young produced this episode. Linda Pastori is our executive producer, and I'm your host, Kathy Ritchie. Thanks for listening.